Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Good Vibes at Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. Hey, how's everybody doing? We haven't been on the airways in probably a week or more. Uh, sorry about that, but we're getting right back into the mix, getting back into the podcasting, talking about shit that matters to me and not just me, but other people as well. Thank you. If you're the first time listener to my station, I'm your host, Jason B. I'm from Stockton, California. I talk about a variety of things, not just politics or sports or personal matters, but anything that comes to mind. So I will warn you in advance, uh, there is some vulgarity in my my podcast, so don't be surprised if you have sensitive ears, turn them off or whatever, or go listen to another station if that fickles your fancy. If you're listening around children, please be advised, what I'm saying can be provocative at times or thought-provoking, so if you are worried about what your kids are going to hear, listen to uh, your my podcast in headphones or in a private place or even in your own car, but I'm just giving that little bit of advisory. So what is today? Today is February 2nd, 2020, a month already into the brand new year. Can't even complain about that because things are fastly moving, fastly changing going forward. Um, definitely thinking of different thoughts. I've been trying to get interviews uh, logged in, um, calendared, and finding um correct or good good topics to talk about with other people and that's what's really going to make a podcast podcasting station great some of the greatest podcasters out there on the current networks or uh airways i could say are a few of my favorites are like uh joe rogan um ryan mickler from order of man and so on and so forth there's there's just a vast variety of us speakers out there so if you have not been able to listen to podcasts before and you stumble on a mind for the first time, I encourage you to take your time, find the people that resonate with you, that give you a good message that you can identify with and so on and so forth. Now, another announcement, um, I, I may be talking about politics in advance, so um, I will separate my segments into spots. I will label them. Um, if you want to fast forward, if you're listening to me on Spotify, thank you so much. If you're listening to me listening to me on Apple iTunes, I highly suggest you stop on by the rating and give me a five stars, the more star ratings, and even write a description. What do you thought about the show? What do you thought about the episode? What you think you can improve? I appreciate the feedback. There are several ways of contacting me. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, or you can reach out to my email for this station, which is goodvibeswithjasonb at gmail.com. Again, that is goodvibesjasonb at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I have had a variety of people that have outreached to me through the email. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, as well as if you are a listener here on Anchor. Now, a lot of us who started out with Anchor, just to give you a food for thought, we didn't all start out knowing exactly what to do. So if you're just getting into the podcasting movement or scene, just remember the better, the more you do it, the better you get, you know, don't get lost in um, the little subtleties of technology or whatever. Just speak your voice, make sure that you're clear. You know, that's my, my podcasting tip of the day. And you don't have to produce something every single day. Um, I started out that way, but um, it became more of an addiction to being attached to social audio. So, um, I definitely appreciate the lessons of past, but you know, Hey, we're all going forward. So this is variety episode 42. We're going to talk about what it's like to kind of be an immigrant or, or what it's like to, to be someone of another language and never being able to speak English and the complications that they face on a common basis and how that actually universally affects us when we when we travel abroad so say like if you are a primary english speaker and you go to a country that primarily only speaks spanish what are the different humanistic reactions of how they react versus how we as americans or united states citizens react who are primarily english speakers so we're gonna talk about that um we're gonna talk about it is super bowl sunday so for those of you football fans you know whether you're with the san francisco 49ers or you're with the kansas city chiefs good luck to you all I don't really have a preference of teams. I guess you could say if it were local, 
Yeah, I, I, I could support the 49ers, but I do like Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. So a great matchup later today. So it would be on at 3.30 Pacific Standard Time, and I'm not sure what time it would be on the East Coast or Midwest. So check your local listings. You can catch the Super Bowl live. So um, <laughs> Super Bowl's, uh, Super Bowl Sunday is actually becoming another holiday if you really think about it. More people are together for this particular day, not just family, but friends and family and associates and acquaintances. More now than any holiday that we actually have going currently. And I'm making this claim. I'm making this theory because I'm always hearing friends say, hey, what are you doing for Super Bowl? You want to come over to my house or a cousin? And it's not just isolated to family like, you know, like Christmas or Thanksgiving. So definitely it's becoming a national holiday over a sporting event. Uh, people are connecting, eating, drinking. And if you are drinking, drink responsibly. Make sure that you have a safe and sober driver. If not, I highly suggest jumping onto an Uber or Lyft. So if you're one of your local uh delivery services the, like Lyft or, or Uber is definitely a way to go or your local taxi, you know, and it never hurts to call a friend or ask a friend, Hey, I can't drive. So do the responsible thing. Don't put anyone else's life at risk, but definitely help people out and staying alive and staying sober. If you're smoking some weed, this is what I'm going to tell you. Same damn thing. If you feel too high, you are not a better driver high. So, Hey, I am not a person to talk against cannabis, but I am a person who talks about using cannabis and getting behind the wheel. So if you're going to smoke, eat, whatever, drink, there are different methods of taking cannabis. Um, and you are going to probably get some, a little bit of buzz, a little high. It's just like being drunk, man. Don't get caught out there and don't hurt nobody. Use those drivers. So, uh, what do I got going on for Super Bowl Sunday? I have, um, I'm going over to a my girlfriend's family's house and they're probably going to barbecue, talk some good times, talk about, have some laughs, compare sporting events. So, uh, I believe I'm going over my girlfriend's uncle's house. I could not be wrong. So if we're going over to Martine's house, Hey, we're heading your way later today. So I appreciate always the hosts. Um, it's a great time to be good social. So also the other things we're going to talk about logical arguments or how to be in a rational debate. Um, I got some of this information. I was inspired with this particular topic on um, from Order of Man, um, the dichotomy of rational arguments um, with Ryan Mickler. Highly suggest if you are a guy or a girl, it's mostly directed towards men, this podcast. I'm not going to lie, but women can also listen to it. Um, just remember that this is a masculine show. It's not saying that we don't care about your feelings, but it does say it is to empower men. So, um, but Ryan made a great episode that can be used universally and it doesn't matter whatever gender you are claiming or sex. Uh, the 10 commandments of rational debate are, a, it's going to be a great topic to talk about. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, past and present podcasting ideas, what's going to be coming up and so on and so forth and the politics and uh, the last thing, um, diversion from of our attention. So that's going to be a subject later to be talking about. So stay tuned for another great episode of Good Vibes of Jason B. I'm your host. I'll be right back. What up? What up? What's happening? We're back again, back into the seat, back into the mic, getting things done. So first up, first we're going to talk about something that a lot of people could identify with, and, and it's uh, like an intimidating thing, and it's something that I th feel like we all can identify with um, in some way or fashion, especially if you've traveled abroad. Have you ever been to another country where they do not speak any English whatsoever, there's no one near, and you are trying to get a message or someone to understand you? And how does it feel coming from another country coming to the United States where how people treat you as a, as a non-English speaker, um, some of the things that, um, that just affect us all in, in our behavior and maybe some things that we can adjust as people. I, I really think this is important because I was, I just happened across something the other day I was watching TV and there was this Asian actress being, um, or rap artist, she was being interviewed and she was just saying, uh, one of the things that really bugs her 
is when you don't know how to speak English and people just start talking louder or slowing their language down. How does that affect somebody? And um, and even when your kid's growing up, um, when you're looking at um, someone else's language, how they're actually treating your language, you know, how they're treating you and making fun of it. You know, there's some things that are announced in, in other languages that just sound so close to an offensive word or some kind of a dirty joke um, of a phrase, you know, it, it happens a lot, but, um, and people and kids make fun of each other because they don't understand. This is a, this segment is more like a human connection thing. So I'm going to give you a perfect example and I've seen it firsthand. So uh, probably about a couple of years ago, I was in a, um, I was in a biz at a business and this guy did not know how to speak any English. He spoke sp primarily Spanish. Now I'm not a perfectly affluent Spanish speaker. I do speak some Spanish, but I know enough to understand how to get myself around. Even if I were in a Spanish speaking country, I know how to understand certain things. So, um, I try my best and I'm continuing to learn, love the music. I love listening to Latin style music. I am what they call salsero, which is a salsa dancer, um, not paid by profession, but it's one of my hobbies that I enjoy. So, um, getting back into the story. So this guy's like asking, you know, he's trying to get a money order for Western union. And I was at this place that where it was kind of like a, like a convenience store or something like that. And this, uh, this white lady was behind the counter and, you know, looked like, you know, typical white lady from the Midwest or something like that. She had a Southern accent and, um, she was just going through the different, you know, customers. There was a long line. And, um, and he had the Western Union filled out in Spanish. Okay. So there's two sides on the Western Union application, or you can get one primarily in Spanish. So um, here I'll describe, and here goes the scene. So he comes up, hands her the paper, and it has everything written out. And she doesn't speak any Spanish none whatsoever. And he didn't speak any English whatsoever. So here's what happened. So the lady says, what do you want? And I don't speak Spanish. Can you fill this out in English? He's all no speaking English, you know, no, 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 no sabes inglés, you know? And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And this is going to happen. And there's a long line of people that are all like, there, like pissed off, like having a weight behind this guy. So the lady starts raising her voice and say, do you know how to write in English? You need to fill this out in English. Now, according to the paperwork offered, he doesn't have to. Western Union has it all ready. You know, fill out your name, your phone number, the person this is going to go to, all written in Spanish. It's all like subtitled, right, in, in each box. So, um. I wasn't going to say anything at first. I just want to kind of, I wanted to observe just for a moment and it, yeah, that's kind of bad, but it's something that I've kind of faced in a way because, um, being Mexican American or Mexican Irish American, you know, at a time people started speaking busted ass Spanish to me. And I'm like, I speak English, you know, like, and, but sometimes I'd, I'd let it ride. Like let them think that, you know, I don't speak English and just to see how people are. And that's like, an ugly joke, I guess you could say that I've, I've gone through, but it's not so funny when you see it happen to someone who doesn't speak any English. So the lady's constantly just like, she's like yelling, like, like going even slower. Do you understand? And I just, you know, and all these people behind me, they're just like, God, can we just get, you can just hear the, the grumbling behind the, the scenes, you know, and he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand what's going on. He's just, he's, he's frustrated. He's just like, he's ready to walk away. So I said, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know, I speak some Spanish. Hold on. So first thing I said to the lady, I said, and I, gr I grabbed the, the Western Union form in English. And I said, ma'am, I think her name was Sandy. I think that's what her name was. I go, Sandy, hey, uh, not to really bust your chops, but did you happen to just look at the English form? It's not much different. It's just written in English. She's all, do you speak Spanish? I'm all, yes, I speak Spanish, but you're insulting his intelligence. And he doesn't have to learn how to speak English if he doesn't want to, you know, but you got to understand 
you're working with public. So not that you have to learn how to speak, but let's help you solve the problem. So I was just like, I was going a little farther overboard than I should have, but I wanted her to understand what she was doing. I said, ma'am, Sandy, you don't happen to notice that the more louder you get, the more you piss people off. And I said it out loud and she's like, she's like, like giving me like the, the bitch face, like, uh, like, fuck you, you know, like whatever. And I was just like, no, I'm serious. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? If I get louder and you speak Spanish, do you think that makes any connection whatsoever? And she started crying. She started crying and she's all, this is my only job and I cannot lose it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to lose it, but you are going to lose some misunderstanding. So let's help you figure this out. Do you really need to ask him any questions on this form? You know, now that we have the English translation in front of you, same boxes, same everything. And that's what it says, you know? So, um, she just like, she, she was crying. And she wiped, and I grabbed a tissue that was on the counter, and I handed her, say, it's okay. But I want you to understand that just because we're in the United States doesn't mean that everyone speaks English. And it it's not officially the primary language of the United States, believe it or not. There is no actual claim to a particular language, according to our Constitution, that says that English is our national language. You know why they're doing that? Because there's more Spanish speakers than you possibly might might see. I said, how many, and then I asked her, I said, how many Mexicans do you actually deal with or, or Latinos? And she goes, I don't know, quite a few. And I said, how many times have they walked away because they were frustrated? Oh, quite often. And I said, well, okay, so now imagine that you're in his country and you're, you don't understand any Spanish whatsoever. And you need to send money to your mother because she just got hit by a car or something, or you need help. You know, imagine being in that place. Imagine being like, you can't do exactly shit because you don't speak the language. You're going to find any way possible to connect, hopefully, someone understanding you. Right? And she's like, yeah, you're right. And I said, I don't mean to make you feel like shit, but the truth is, I want you to understand that maybe learning a little bit of his language will help you do your job and go a little further in life. Now, here in the United States, it's thought in a lot of different places, not everywhere, that speaking English is like, if you want to be a citizen, you have to do it. Actually, no, that's not true. It's not true at all. You know, um, I highly, if, you, if you're thinking, well, that's bullshit, Jason, go look up how to become an American citizen and look at the, look at the requirements. English is not a prerequisite. Yeah. It's not, but it is, it's implied. It's implied to understand the goings of the United States. Now, as we, if you were to go back 30 years, you would just be seeing, no, 40 years, you would just be, start to begin to seeing um, most positions in government and front desks and things like that, that they were just then start to hire bilingual people to speak a second language. And it wasn't just Spanish either. We had, like, especially here in California, in the Central Valley where I live, you have um, a lot of Vietnamese, a lot of Cambodian, a lot of Hmong, you know, and you have even African people. You, I mean, people straight from, like, you know, Kenya and, and South Africa and Morocco, and these people don't speak English. You know, um, I was just listening to a news clip just the other way that said that Stockton, California is, is the most diverse community in the all of the United States per capita. That's pretty interesting. I live in a town that's like, I think it's like 400,000, maybe more. And we're one of the most diverse cities. And we're not, I mean, Stockton is pretty spread out, but it's not a major industrial hub, you know? So to get back to the necessary, the story, the lady, you know, she was, she was frustrated and she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to quit. I have to, you know, I have to help support my husband. And I just, I'm like, just take a moment to take a deep breath to understand. And I told her, I said, you have a smartphone, right? And she's all, yeah. And I said, 
why don't you download Google Translator? And she's like, huh? I'm all, yeah, there is, there is plenty of apps on our smartphones that are either for free or paid that you can use for translation. Yes, you can speak into it, English, and translate into Spanish and vice versa, and you can at least get on the road. So I'm giving you some tools. And I, and I asked, I asked the guy, I said, so, so what would you like? You know, how much? And I said, I didn't want to ask him why he was sending money, you know, but he ended up telling me, he's like, I'm sending money to my wife. My wife has to pay our mortgage in Mexico and, and has to uh, shell out food for our four kids back home. You know, they can't come to the United States until six more months. And he's been working over here in the United States on a worker's uh, permit. And he's he's been on the application books for at least 25 years, he was telling me. 25 years. So in this short little conversation, he was telling me a little bit about himself. And he was just saying, uh, I, I want to send money to my wife and my kids. They have they, I haven't sent money in, in, a, in like a couple of weeks and they're starving. And, and he was just he's being real. He's being, you know, completely real with me, you know, and he was teared. He was, he was, he was upset because he, he was trying to hold back the tears. And this is really hard for a Mexican man where on my culture, it's very machismo. It's very like hardcore at times. Like guys don't speak unless they're, they have really something good to say. You know, I mean, this guy's a farmer, you know, farm laborer, you know, works out in the agriculture. And so he was explaining, like, he just got a a job in the last two weeks working for a certain ranch. So, you know, and I told the lady, I said, this is what he's doing. This is how much he's sending. This is where he's sending it to, to help you understand. So the lady starts processing. And then the people like the long line of people behind us is probably about maybe 10 people like, yeah, you know, finally, you know, let's get out of the way. But it was a, an awareness moment in time that I, I will never forget of how I was being helpful, so to speak. And, um, you know, like I said, I understood like half of what he said, but I pieced it together as best I could, you know, and he was explaining his story, you know, and it's just like, and the thing about, you know, um, different language speakers is like, it may sound like it's fast or it's like, well, what's, what's the break in the sentence? Well, think about that as we speak English, do we really sound like we have breaks? So this is kind of like a public awareness or things that you may come across in your part of the world. Um, have you ever come across people where they didn't speak any English or you didn't speak any of their language? whatsoever. What are the tactics? What are the human demeaning things that you do that you may not realize? And the first thing I'm going to go through at my smallest, number one, don't get louder. Just because you get louder doesn't make someone actually understand more, just makes them more frustrated and afraid. Number two, you do not need to slow down your length. You know, don't slow down your language and thinking they're going to understand automatically. They may understand one word of your whole sentence that you're speaking. And it could be a bad word to them, you know, to them and like to you or whatever. So that's next most important thing. Number three, if you have technology handy this day and age, 2020, uh, most likely a cell phone can download a translation language app and they have a variety of languages. Can you take the time to do so? Um, and next most important thing, if you are working with the public, taking consideration that maybe learning a second language can benefit you more than just working at the one job that you're at. Maybe it can teach you about, say like food. When you go to a Mexican restaurant, do you always order just tacos, enchiladas, or burritos? No, there's a there's a plethora of stuff available that you can order that you might like. There's, and I and I do see this a lot, especially in the Central Valley. There's a, we have such a diverse population that there are a lot of cultures that don't intermix trying new foods out. Now me, I'll try anything out. The only thing I do is I hate onions. That's it. I just hate onions. But you know, I work with it. I work with whatever cuisine. So I've had Moroccan food, Ethiopian, Thai, Vietnamese, Hmong, um, Mexican, Spanish, uh, Nicaraguan, uh, Panamanian, Puerto Rican food, um, Southern style barbecue, um, Korean barbecue, 
um, sushi, which is Japanese. Um, I've had Chinese food, different styles, Szechuan and, and Mandarin. Um, I've had Mongolian food. Um, and these are just a few, you know, and I've had some traditional cuisines from Irish cuisines and, um, and Scottish and, and German, you know, Austrian and Polish and Italian. I mean, pretty much anyone in the planet has had Italian food. So, uh, I think, but I mean, these are just a number of fruits that you can enjoy that there's more than the basics that you just hear about. So there's a lot of stuff. And by learning someone else's language and learning about their culture actually empowers you and makes you not so isolated. So think about it. If you're only speaking one language, you're going to only understand one type of rhetoric. And we're going to talk about that in just a few moments about, um, you know, the 10 commandments of, uh, logical arguments, so to speak, or as they call it, let me pull it up again. One second. The 10 commandments of rational debate. And we're going to talk about that. So, uh, as to wrap up this particular section about language, um, and people that speak different languages, just remember, don't be so ignorant that you think that English is the only supreme language and don't think that just because you live in the United States, you don't have to compromise because you do. It, it will make your life easier and their life easier. And it's not because they don't deserve to be here. No one is entitled to be anywhere. So remember that first and foremost. So if you have a comment and you have something to say or share one, a personal story of speaking about from another language and coming to the United States, please feel free to call in on anchor.fm on my station. If you're listening, if you don't have a podcasting station or um, ID on anchor, you can create one. It's free. You can call in or you can write me at good vibes with good vibes, Jason B at gmail.com. You can reach me out to me that way. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I will let you know those details uh, shortly on. So we're going to go move on to our next topic and we'll be right back. Okay. Hold on and hold tight. All right. Before we go on to our next topic, we're going to play a few call-ins from a variety of different callers and from past and present or most recent. So we're going to add that to show you the people that actually can respond to your station. So if you're on anchor for the first time, and you want to develop a podcast, these are people that you can connect with and that will respond. Now, they'll be saying different things, different times, different subjects, uh, different things they're referring to, but this is just the all the community of being on the airways and not just video and um, isolating to audio. So uh, take a gander, listen to what these people are saying, um, and even some of my own call-ins. Um, these are people that are either responding to me is something I talk to them about. So I definitely appreciate the variety of people that I do talk to. So uh, stay tuned and we're going to play some of those call-ins. So we'll be right back with that. Jason. Hello. It's Maria from strong body, strong soul as you know, I hope you're having a good day. I have not been producing new episodes lately, slowing down a little bit, but I really, really appreciate your last message into the show here. Thank you so very much for binge listening. And yes, I cannot wait to talk to you again, Sam. I love it when we collaborate on the podcast here. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Whoa, dude, the last time I called your show was on Thanksgiving. My bad. You know, I was talking to somebody today about how, you know, or actually Maddie Moe pointed it out. How, you know, we had this tight-knit little group and we were always calling each other. We were always on each other's show. And then after 2.0 screwed us up, we were like, fuck it. We don't want to use this shit anymore. But I'm bringing it back because I'm a rebel. <laughs> oh, man, this Kobe thing has me thinking, man. Always remember to kiss your loved ones before you leave the house, right? Shouldn't you do that? Ugh, stuff like this always makes me feel so grumpy. Yeah, poor child. Poor wife. Kiss your folks before they leave. It's a good one. 
Hey, Sheena Diane. I have been watching you as well. Not watching you, but watching the show you. That kind of sounded stalkerish. Let me rephrase. I've also been watching the Netflix show you. There we go. And um, at first it was a little bit, I was, wasn't sure about it because uh, I'm not really into those type of thriller movies. But honestly, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I haven't watched Messiah yet, which I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, but now I'm on season two of you. So uh, interesting enough that you're watching that as well. I loved your meditation. It was really great. You have a great voice for that. So that was really nice and calming. Really appreciated that. And thank you for the shout out. As always, you know, I love you. Talk to you soon. Hey, Jason. I'm on my break. I just thought I'd quickly pop into your thing here and leave you a message. Um, I've been in a podcasting funk. I have very minimal inspiration on anything right now. Um, so I'm kind of taking a little break. Haven't announced anything, but yeah, I'm just kind of in a funk. Um, still actually just trying to determine the direction I want to go and all that jazz. Um, I don't know, maybe the winter is getting to me. I'm actually just really trying to focus on my house and maybe I'm going through withdrawals of Sing Song Saturday ending. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But I'm sure I'll be ready to get back and talk about something. Yeah, I've never done an interview before. I have no idea what that would be like. Um, so it's a possibility. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to Jason B, one of the most prolific and advanced podcasters of his era. In 2020, he brought his listenership to 300 million and was the first podcaster to develop subscribers on Mars. Yeah, yo, we just dreaming and we acting a little crazy up on the flow. By the way, it's your brother from the Anchor Family World 2.0. By the way, where Anchor Pone at? I wish we all was back in the day. Wow, but I can't keep looking back. I gotta keep looking forward to the future. I keep my little rhythm on a freestyle flow going like a suture. So what you gonna say? By the way, I like to moot ya. I'm talking about not mute, not moot. We gotta do the conference uh, podcast and it's gonna be. We gotta give it the boot Get out of bed early By the way, 2020, keep it true We gonna get that money in 2020 Shout out Jason B, man That's how we do it Yo, what's going on, Jason? Uh, appreciate the love and support, man Like you said, we, we have been rocking this thing out for a while And uh, it really just caught my attention How long, you know, we've we both been in it When it comes to just communicating back and forth Since day one here And I, again, appreciate the support Since uh, the beginning and uh, I really do value that. Um, and I'm glad that I'm able to still bring some value to you, <laughs> right? Still be able to put out some content that holds some weight, right? And uh, yeah, that was actually uh, a great episode for me personally, too, uh, when it came to ego, because it was a transition, something I had to learn um, to get over and conquer personally, because we all got that inner battle that we all face. And I feel like it's one of the toughest things to conquer, um, but it's definitely much needed in order to go ahead and grow and, and scale and become who we really want to be versus listening to that negative little voice. So again, man, thank you so much for tuning in and I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for all those call-ins in the last, I'd have to say five weeks. Um, haven't played much of anyone's stuff, but this is recognition for those people who are podcasters and just, they call in. They like to talk. I, I like to talk too. I, I like to talk about a variety of things um, out there. So uh, first up, Marie Humphreys. Hey, thank you so much for calling into the station. She has her own posting, podcasting show and is becoming very well afflu affluent and popular. It's called Strong Body, Strong Soul with Maria Humphreys. She's definitely an interesting character to say the least. She is very fun, positive. She teaches meditation. So if you have any questions about meditation, she might be able to answer that or even um, personal, um, what was it, physical therapy? No, no, excuse me, not physical therapy, physical training. Um, she does personal training. So if you have any um, health workout tips that you know, you'd like to ask, um, definitely check out Maria Humphreys. Then there is the guru, my, one of my absolute favorites, um, the lupus warrior. Yes. She's from New York or she's from the East coast, so to speak. She plays a variety of, of, 
of stuff. She talks about music. She talks about her struggles with her condition and fighting lupus. Um, daily life um, talks about family. Um, but just be forewarned. If you have sensitive ears, don't go check that station out because if you just can't handle someone swearing, <laughs> don't stop by. She's she's definitely one who he she speaks her mind and doesn't hold a lick of tongue back. She just, you know, says it like it is. Then there is one of my really, really good friends and one of my, I will have to say, she is a personal life coach to me, Sheena Diane from Divine Love. Um, you can... I'm going to talk about Sheena Diane probably in another segment. So, but she, um, I think she has a few different podcasting stations. She has, um, what is it? Uh, wham radio. I think that's what it's called. Uh, let me look it up. I'll be able to tell you in just a second. Yeah. She's got, I think at least three different stations. Um, how many of them she actually visits? I'm not really sure. She does. She does her own podcasting. She does her own, uh, what do you call it? Um, YouTube. She goes on Facebook. So she's definitely a personality to check out. And so let me find her. Where'd you go? I had to scroll through my list. Okay. Wham radio. That's what W a H M radio. She talks, you know, about single mother or mothers, so to speak, working at home. So, so that's a great station of hers. Then she has Sheena Diane's audio blog. But the one I think that she really um, checks out, so I think that you can find this pretty much anywhere. It's called Divine Love, Ask, Believe, and Receive. So, um, you know, just a description. She has, uh, her website is www.divine, um, I guess there's like hyphen love.com. So she is definitely someone to check out. So, uh, you know, and then there is a, I'm going to have to call him a great friend and colleague, uh, uh, PDE life in Alaska. Um, he makes freestyle raps. He makes intros for, for podcasting stations, not just mine, but others. Um, and he's just a guy that I really love listening to um, when he has his freestyles. Always has an interesting message. He has interesting responses. So PDE Life in Alaska, go check him out here on Anchor. Or you can find any of these podcasters on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. You just have to narrow the search. Next up is uh, DeAndre Evans from Level Up Daily. Now, DeAndre Evans, is, man, this guy is really a shooting star in the anchor platform. I mean, he's interviewing guys that, that I, I really admire and he's just one of those personalities that, you know, he's positive. He's, I, I would have to say he's an entrepreneur in, in the podcasting realm. And just for the simple fact that, you know, he, he talks to not just successful people, but average Joe's like, like, you know, us, you know, people are not making it bigger, you know, and you can go to his website at www.levelupdaily.com. Um, just to give a little synopsis of him, it's all about getting up to the next level where, whether you're mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, it's something you must do. This platform is used to simply inspire and motivate those who seek. So, um, he's God, man, he's interviewed so much people that I'm like, I think who was the most interesting person that I think he's interviewed to this day? Um, God, I'm sorry, guys. Um, it's taking me a moment, but I should have had this prepared sooner, but Oh, the real Bradley, he interviewed him months back. And I think that today was probably one of his best, um, interviews. And you know, Brad, if you know who Brad Lee is, then you know he's he's a podcaster as well as a YouTuber. He's a businessman and he say it like he says it like it is. You know, he doesn't believe that anything's too impossible, but he's realistic. You know, you just have to, you know, not just work hard, but strategize. So Brad Lee is definitely a podcaster. So, you know, that's all I have for call-ins at the moment. So you can participate on the show if you'd like to give me a call in. I am gonna be getting a Google phone. Um, probably within the next month or so, or a Google number where you can leave your messages. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can call in and be able to say, Hey, Jay, I'd like to be interviewed. So we are working on the exterior connections 
for podcasting. And that's what we're going to be bringing to you in the future. So we're going to take a brief little break and I will be right back. And we're going to go right into the 10 commandments of rational debate. All right, everyone. So here we are, and this is the serious section. Um, it's serious, but it's helpful. Um, just like my other section talking about, you know, how to be helpful when you're speaking another language. So we're going to go over, um, something that I had heard from Ryan Mickler on order of man, but I'm going to steal a little bit of this topic and go forward with it. And it may be a slightly different way than he did, but I'm going to talk about this, um, because maybe this can, these actual 10 tips, um, or 10, uh, commandments of rational debate can help you in your discussions, or if you're in an argument with somebody and, um, how to get yourself out of it, but, or how to not invite yourself to more trouble. So this is, um, according to relativity, interesting.com, 10 commandments of rational debate. Or just type in uh, the Ten Commandments of Rational Debate in Google, and you'll probably come up with. So, number one, uh, first and foremost, thou shall not attack a person's character, but the argument itself. What does that exactly mean? Okay, how many times have you been in an argument? It doesn't matter whether family, foe, friend, or whatever, and they start poking at who you are, but not the subject itself. To say like we're debating over, oh, what's the most hot topic recently? Oh, Donald Trump being impeached. A lot of people have very influential views on whether the man should be removed from office or not. So they're attacking his character, so to speak. Uh, the Dem Democratic people are, you know, officials. They attacked his character and what he did through his character but they then later focused on the actual material of what, where he violated the oath of office. They had a view of, of that. Then the Republicans, they also had the same view, but in the opposite way, they're like, well, the president didn't break any laws, you know, and he, if he didn't break a law officially, then why are we even here? So, you know, and then they go on to mention, well, the Democrats are just so hell bent and removing him and getting him impeached since the day one of he taken office. So in hindsight, both parties attack the character, but they're not attacking, isolating their discussions on the actual argument should Donald Trump be removed from office. So that's like, you got to be really, really careful with that one because a lot of times people will say, well, you're just fat and you don't know any better. How could you even talk about fitness or health? There's another example. Well, you're not really talking about eating healthy. I've seen heavy people talk about healthy tips that how they're improving their life. Are they, are they not a legitimate source of information? You can't say that because no matter whether you're thin, fat, whatever, you know, if someone's giving you a piece of advice and they don't have a doctor behind their name, doesn't eliminate them. So anyhow, so we're going to go under number two, thou shall not misrepresent, misrepresent or exaggerate a person's argument in order to make their, them easier to attack. Um, this is the straw man fallacy. So if you're interested in some fallacies, look up logic and uh, I think it's like, uh, Logical, just type in Google logical fallacy. Um, understanding the subject of logic and philosophy is not easy. But if you're curious how to be a better and more articulate person to argue points, um, you might want to check that out. So we're just going to go with that. Thou shall not misrepresent or exaggerate a person's argument in order to make them easier to attack. So it's like saying, well, all Democrats believe in socialism. That's not true. Not all the Democrats believe in socialism or all Republicans believe that there should be no taxes. Well, that's not true either. So, you know, and this is why they are able to attack so-and-so's personal point. 
No, well, that's a misrepresentation. That happens. You know, it really does happen. So anyhow, moving forward, number three, thou shalt not use small numbers to represent the whole. You know, um, it's called a hasty generalization. What that basically means, how many times have you seen on the news, they'll use like these polls like, oh, Bernie Sanders is leading the the Iowa caucus polls by 26% and Joe Biden's in a close second with 24% and Elizabeth Warren is at 15%. You know, it's like, like, wait a second, hold up. These are small numbers. This does not mean the whole. And secondly, they're misusing and misrepresenting um, statistics. So it's like the first thing that you should be asking is, is like, well, how many people were surveyed? That means how many people were asked this question and where were they surveyed at? So if you took 10 people across the state of Iowa, does that really represent the whole state of Iowa? Probably not. You know, so you got to think of that. Like news does it all the freaking time. The media does it all the time. doesn't matter what media form you're on. They do use it constantly. So it's very, very important that you understand that numbers are flashing your face for a reason because they, that way they feel they have a verifiable like if people see numbers, that then they feel like they're seeing facts, but that's the furthest from from the truth. You know, first of all, we don't know until the results of the Iowa caucus has been actually turned in their counts of votes. You know, for that state. You know how it matters is like it's eliminating a lot of the smaller candidates running for president according to the Democratic Party. That's just an example. You know. Um, Number four, we're moving up forward. Thou shall not argue the position by assuming one of its premises is true. Now, this one was, um, it's called begging the question. And if you're in law school and you, you understand, it's just like, um, I, I'd have to use Ryan's example. It's like, well, the Bible is true because of this. Well, what if you've never read the Bible? And what if... And you're making one claim that the Bible is infallible. Well, that's not necessarily true. That's subjective. So that's like, well, it's claimed because it was written over a thousand years ago. Okay. So anyone can write something a thousand years ago and it can be passed and discovered. And could it be considered considered as historical fact? Uh, don't know. And here's the big one. I have a problem with that. I believe in the Bible. It's a collection of wisdoms from many different cultures. That's what people don't think about. They think like, oh, well, um, the Bible is from divine right of God. Well, first of all, God isn't in the Bible. Jesus has never claimed the word Christian. Uh, not to my recollection. He, he's never said the, the word Christian is very seldomly represented in the Bible. It's not, it's not mentioned too often, but I will tell you that money is money's talked about it often, you know, immoral character is mentioned often, you know, so they, these people are, you know, they're willing to tell you what's wrong and they're implying what's right, you know, so you got to be really, really careful about, you know, how you claim something. Well, I came from, say like if I, another example of this part of um, thou shalt not um, argue by position of assuming one's premise is true. That would be like saying, okay, well, I represent Stockton and Stockton is not, not ghetto. Well, there's nothing proving saying that I am from Stockton. There's nothing saying that I came from an area that's not ghetto or that is. So it's kind of like just because you're claiming one thing, you need more. So going forward, we're going to say, um, Number five, thou shalt not claim that because something occurred before, it must be the cause. Okay, this is a big one. And this one is called a uh, post hot and false cause. Um, I think this is so important. So say like uh, if somebody committed a crime when he was 17, robbed a store, was stupid, right? Served about probably 10 years in jail or prison. Then this guy goes on to work at a store, a convenience store, and 
gets robbed and he's accused by the police. Well, because you've been convicted of robbery, you're going to steal from the store. Uh, that doesn't necessarily make it true. Past doesn't always, you know, convict somebody. You see, you got to understand that, you know, like, um, I think one of the hot topics recently was about guns and they're saying that, um, not all people with guns are going to commit heinous crimes. And it's like, well, there's no proof that there is, or no, there's no proof that there's not, you know? Um, I think that say like, uh, an NRA member is not always going to vote with the right, you know, that's just assumed, you know, or, or vote with the left. You don't know. We really don't know. So, um, something occurred before so say like uh you were young and you stole cars even that's here's a better example say like when you were young you had a history of like five years of getting convicted and getting caught for stealing cars but then here it is like 25 years later and you haven't done any of that shit you've been say like a, a guy who worked in construction for all these years and never stole shit and all of a sudden his neighbor's car gets stolen so when the cops are doing an investigation, they're like, oh, your neighbor has to be convicted of car theft, grand theft auto, still on his record. Does it mean that he actually did it? No, but we tend to, when we're in pain or disillusion or, you know, something had been taken from us, we are looking for anything close to blame. I think that's a very, very important key is you can't just convict somebody because shit happened before now is there um is there evidence that you maybe you might want to take that as a possibility yes but you got to be sober and thought and not just so drastic and eager to go after that particular cause or person that had done before doesn't mean they're doing now so very important um let's go on to the next one um number six thou shalt not reduce the argument down to two possibilities false dichotomy i believe it's that is a very very big deal because people will say yeah well yes or no true or false now truth is subjective false is too you know is it fact or fiction same thing did it exist or not exist it's just the terminology you know you cannot sometimes there are things that just are not only two solutions. That's your limited view. So, um, false dichotomy really describes that, you know, like it's the pathway, like there, there can only be two results. And we'll know there's obviously more results that can possibly come up, you know, um, number seven, thou shall not argue that because of ignorance claim must be true. So say like, what would be a good example? Um, God, I'm trying to think of one. Oh, okay, here we go. Nuclear power is ineffective for society to use today. Well, okay, that's a claim. You know, well, because there's been, you know, um, accidents in nuclear um, facilities across the world, and we've I guess the world has been using for nuclear energy for the past 60 years, I believe maybe 70. I'd have, I'm going to have to say 60 years. Um, nuclear power plants have been in existence and there's a lot of them across this, this country and that have not blown up and not gotten people sick. So there's nothing saying that, you know, that that's true or false, you know, but because you're not a nuclear physicist can, does not give you the authority um, or not the authority to say that it can be harmful, you know, or, um, you know, just what I said, it's, it's, it's the claim, you know, if you don't know exactly about something, but then you've learned something, say like you, you aren't a nuclear physicist, but you're someone, you're a consumer. It's like, wow, you know, water power is not always reliable because there's not always running water but nuclear power there can be. So it's just like, that doesn't mean that that person's stupid. So, you know, you got to take in, um, things in consideration. That's called ad, uh, 
of ignoration. Um, it's Latin. So, um, and that it's very important, you know, just because, oh, here, here's a, okay. I got a good example. Last night when I was at my girl's house and I was watching a documentary on Nat Geo and the Yosemite national park, uh, documentary came up and I watched it and, and she's like, oh, she's, I forget what she exactly said, but I said, no, it's the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And she's all, well, it's in Nevada. Well, no, the Sierra Nevada is a range of mountains from all the way above Lake Tahoe, all the way down to, I forget where it ends, but the Sierra Nevada range, or they call it Sierras in short is the label of the mountain range. That means a variety of mountains and valleys and so forth. So she was like, all, and because I worked in Yosemite National Park, I happen to knew that. Did, did I say it because I was an expert? No. I knew from not just living there, but I seen it on a map, read it there, you know? And then when she was trying to argue, she's all, oh, bullshit, you don't know. And then on the documentary, the, the narrator says the Sierra Nevada range, Yosemite's in the Sierra Nevada range. And I was, she's all, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to give this one to you. I admit, admit it, you know, you're right. And I'm like, <laughs> just one of those funny moments between couples, you know, and just like, um, I think most couples have, have gone through this where it's just like, you, you all talk a lot of shit, but at the same time, you, it's like when you got something really factual to say, and it's true, you can't ignore it. You know, that would be, you know, another ignorant, <laughs> an example of ignorance, you know, is just because I'm not a ranger or I'm not a geologist or I'm not a authority on maps doesn't mean that my um, label of where Yosemite National Park lays in, in the part of California, the mountain ranges, the Sierra Nevada. So you can't, so that'd be a good one. Okay. Moving on. Number Eight, thou shalt not lay the burden of proof onto him that is questioning the claim. Burden of proof. So this is very important because in criminal law, the burden of proof is on the prosecution, not the defendant. The and here, here's how criminal courts work, at least out here in the West Coast. When they say that you're innocent till proven guilty, just because you're detained doesn't mean you're guilty. And it doesn't mean you're innocent. They hold you in lieu of finding out the facts. Are you guilty or not guilty? And that's why we have a trial system. We have a court system. You know, the, the burden of proof is relying on what the law enforcement has to look at to what's the phrase. They have to be on the shadow of doubt that that assailant is guilty. They have to have more than just a hunch. They have to have proof, you know, they have to have actual evidence pieces that are going to convict someone, but this can also be used metaphorically. Um, say that, um, you know, when you're in an argument with somebody and, um, the person that's accusing the other person of a position that is wrong, you know, because he's using it because he's a claimant. You know, that's questioning the claim. You cannot be like the one that's prosecuting the claim without proof. You know, the, your theories are not just enough. There has to be more than your theories and your thoughts. So it can be used. So you got to be careful. And then let's see uh, the next one. Thou shalt not assume this follows that when it has no logical connection. That's called non so what is it? Sequator, um, non-sequator. Um, I've seen a lot of people say, well, because this person does this, they're going to do that automatically because of their culture. So say like, um, okay, here, here's one I've seen be, and, and it's a bad form of racism, but it happens like, like when people claim in a certain race that another race is like that or ethnicity, I should say, excuse me, is like that. And you can see it in comedy. Like when you see Latino um, comics talking, oh, the white people are not going to notice this. They're not going to know. They're not going to understand. Well, that's a claim, you know, and because they don't understand, 
they will never get what we're going through. Not to claim again, because this and that and that, you know, or I've seen like even black comics, like they'll be like, oh, well, but white people don't know, you know, they, they don't, not all blacks live in poverty and not all whites live in supremacy, you know? So it's kind of like, because this and that is this doesn't make all the connections that are necessary to be exactly what the claim is. So it's very, I think that's very, very important to understand that, you know, people with wordsmithing skills can really elude you to think, you know, because maybe your lack of understanding or critical thinking or understanding of the language of what they're saying can lead you into a dark path. It happens. It happens. So number 10, thou shalt not claim that because a premise is popular, therefore it must be true. Hmm. How many times have we seen that one? I've seen it quite often. Um, so that one's a little difficult to talk about because I really don't want to talk about politics in this one. Um, I feel, what would I have, I would have to use? Okay. It's becoming popular that people do not want to give their children at such young ages over immunizations because that's popular. Most people are doing it. And it must be true. Well, that's just a claim, you know, and, and people talk about it a lot. doesn't mean it's necessarily true. You know, it doesn't make it a fact. And that's called bandwagon fallacy. Or here's, here's something more closely related. We know that the San Francisco 49ers are going to defeat, defeat the Kansas city chiefs by an overwhelming score of 20 to seven. That's a claim. A lot of 49er fans believe that to be true, but doesn't mean it's going to be true, you know, or what was the other one I heard recently? Oh yeah. Um, people are claiming we're aiming to cancel the NFL culture. The cancel culture wants to shut down the NFL, but people are still buying tickets. Still people are trying out to be in these professional sports. It's not happening just because it's popular. doesn't mean it is. So what does this all mean? These are, like I said, these are things that you can think about, um, you know, that I think are very important. Like people try to, when they try to argue, they, they're going to strike at your character, your position. They're going to strike it and look at any part of your weakness. But if they're not focused on, I think the, the most important one of them all is number one, um, focus on the argument itself, you know, focus on the subject matter. Well, because you're not a college student, you wouldn't understand. Well, that's complete bullshit. That doesn't make you any less wiser. I've seen people who have never gone to college, never even gone to school, but 10 times wiser in mathematics than the smartest, smartest physics professor at university of Harvard. I've seen it. It, it blows my mind. I don't know what they call them savants or um, just gifted people, but it happens. So um, you got to be careful about what you say and what you argument. And for fellas out there, um, I think you all can agree about this. When your woman is on a roll, you don't say nothing. Let them talk and run out of steam. You know, um, we, I know for speaking for myself, when my woman is pissed off, let her say whatever the hell she wants. It doesn't take away from my character. And it doesn't mean it automatically convicts that I'm wrong. I'm just willing to listen. So that's very, very important. That's not a personal view. That's a personal subscription that I can I can tell you that I adhere to is, you know, like what's some of those phrases you hear, like, oh, where would you rather be right or would you rather be in bed with your woman? And sometimes that can get us into trouble, that kind of fallacy of thinking, you know. Um Sometimes you have to take a strong position. Sometimes you don't. It's just like what you, I, I put it in the context. If it, is it making you money? Number one, is it making you money? If it's not making you money, that's already a big ding against the argument. Like let it go. You know what I mean? It's not even worth even putting a single hot breath of word or whatever into it, into the mix. So that's no, number one. Number two is, is it keeping you up and where you cannot sleep and you cannot function in your job? If it's doing that, you need to get the hell out of that argument. Number three, 
Is it compromising who you are? If it is, don't participate. Don't give any response. Don't give any words. Not worth it. You know, those are just a few of my own personal um, rules that I go through. If it's not going to be that, sorry, folks. I'm not going to worry about arguing. Now, I've argued over stupid shit before in my life. No questions asked. I have said things that because of this and that, that's why, you know, but in reality, um, no, no, not at all. I, I've, I've purposely avoided getting into arguments, you know, and sometimes when I've screwed up, you know, in my relationship and I've made a mistake, say nothing. And I, I think this is also a personal advice about that is like, don't apologize until you really mean it. Because if you apologize, you're never going to do it again. You know, so saying you're sorry can wear yourself out and wear your position out, you know, and that also in your argument, you know, and it doesn't make you any wiser. If you don't want to participate in an argument, doesn't make you qualified, doesn't discount you, doesn't make you a less of a human being. You know, you have that opportunity to be able to rise to the occasion. It's like, you know, what's that phrase? Um, I've heard it. I remember this from my professor. It's like a small minded people talk about people, average minded people talk about events. Great thinkers talk about great ideas. So that means that if you're more in, if you're not just into gossip, you're going to be broad minded. You're going to, and that's what the, probably the point of this show is we're going to take broad minds. Well, we're going to take a brief little break. We're going to do a little bit of our wrap up in just a moment and we will be right back. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the hour, hour and six or 10 minutes of uh, good vibes to Jason B, a broad minds podcast. This was variety episode 42. Um, thank you. I appreciate if you offer feedback, give me five stars on Apple, Apple iTunes podcast, or if you're here on anchor, even applaud or just leave a comment, what you think, what's going on, so on and so forth. So we'll see you next time on good vibes to Jason, a broad minds and more podcast.